Good Sunday morning, Northgate, the last day in January. Beautiful sunny day. It's such a joy to record in the sunshine. So beautiful outside. I pray that the Lord will bless his word today. But let's pray, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, speak to us. Lord, you know what we need to hear. You know how we need to be encouraged. And so I ask Holy Spirit that you would do that work through your word this morning or whenever we're listening. I pray this in your precious name. Amen. So not only the last day of January today, but also the last couple of chapters of Joshua. So last week we were in the middle of the book, believe it or not, chapter 15, talking about fellowship and conquering another mountain like Caleb, desiring the upper and lower springs, the power of the Lord in our lives, to be with one another, to help one another. But the chapters from 15 to 22 are all about conquering specific parts of the land of Canaan, different kings that were conquered, the different lands. And so we're going to just move on right to chapter 23, which is Joshua's farewell address and just move into chapter 24. So Joshua at this time, very old or coming near the end of his life. And it says this in chapter 23, verse 1. Now it came to pass a long time after the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their enemies round about that Joshua was old, advanced in age. In verse 2, and Joshua called for all Israel and their elders, for their heads, their judges, and for their officers. And he said to them, I am old, I'm advanced in years. And in verse 3, you have seen all that the Lord your God has done in all these nations because of you. For the Lord your God is he who has fought for you. And I was thinking this morning about Joshua just aged, that man of God, the apprentice of Moses. He had seen God's presence. He had been up on the mount in the cloud. He had experienced God and the miracles of the parting of the Red Sea, the Jordan. He had been one of the spies and seen how God had come in and conquered that land and all of those miracles. And here he is just sharing some advice to the people as he's going to pass on, but he wants to give them some principles to continue with. He is more concerned of what will happen than what has happened. He's more concerned of the people than of him himself. And I've learned, I think wisdom does come with age, and we need to listen carefully to those who have gone before. When I was really young, I didn't think so much. I thought wisdom is available to each one as it is, but there's something that comes with life experience. As we've seen God work in, in different ways, and we learn things that we want to pass on. And that's what Joshua's doing. And the first thing he does there in verse 3 is he tells them, you have seen all that God has done. He has fought for you. He's taking care of these nations, Jericho and Ai, those five kings and many, many, many other nations. That God has been faithful. And what I thought in regards to this is the older generation telling us, or we learning today, the principle of praise and thanksgiving. We need to see all that God has done in our lives. And our flesh so easily goes to the place of seeing what we don't have to say where God 
are you instead of God you have been faithful I've been really uplifted this week it seems in every meeting that I've been a part of that praise has been a part of the equation I started with a pastor's call of the pastors in Lanark County a prayer meeting on Tuesday and some pastors just speaking of how thankful they are for this time because what God is doing in their fellowships and ministry that's happening that would have never happened before. And that was super encouraging. And as I look back at our fellowship and even last week saying, wow, God, look what you're doing in regards to fellowship, in regards to people coming to know you. Well, then it went on. I asked another friend how his week was and he was just so thankful for what God was doing in his life and the people that God had put around him. And that was encouraging. And then another friend called me and said, man, what can we do but praise the Lord? And there's something so special in being thankful and praising. It brings us into the presence of the Lord. And maybe specifically even here and now that you can look in your life. What is there that I can look back where God has fought for me? That God was faithful when it looked dark. I want to encourage you, really, in God's word, there is no room for complaining and that is a conviction to me and thinking, oh, no, here we go again. Or, oh, no, look at this situation. That's interesting. I had two uh, car problems this week. One, a cracked engine and then another fender bender. And just thinking, Lord, what are you doing? But you know what? I'm catching myself and saying, it's not time to complain, but to say, God, wow, thank you that Originally, that car that seemed broken might be able to be fixed. And thank you, Lord, for insurance. And that's going to be taken care of. And there really is a way to look at each situation to see, wow, there is good and that God is working and God is faithful. Well, he goes on in verse four to say, see, I have divided to you by lot these nations that remain to be an inheritance for your tribes from the from the Jordan with all the nations that I have cut off as far as the great sea westward. And the Lord your God will expel them from you before you and drive them out of your sight. So you shall possess the land as the Lord your God promised you. I love that because a lot of work had been completed. They're praising God. Joshua in his age is saying, wow, God has fought for you, but there's more to be accomplished. And the majority of the work had been done for Israel through Joshua and the army. But yet, as some of those tribes allotted different lands in the nation of Canaan, there was still some of the enemy and some of those lands to be driven out. So Joshua is saying, let's not be so thankful that we don't continue to move forward. But in thanks, let us move forward in the battle to get rid of evil, to walk the way God wants us to walk. And here he's saying to the people, don't stop. God still wants to use you. We give praise, but we look forward and with God's help that he will continue. He's promised us many things. God's word is full of promises. And we might be having a hard time seeing them, but we give thanks. We believe in them. We have hope, the joyful expectation of good. And we move forward in this time, the fight isn't over. God is working, but let's keep going. He says in verse 6, in how to do this, which I find lovely, that Joshua in his old age here is not only saying going forward, but he's going to tell them how. He says, be very courageous 
And we know that from verse one and the message is the same. But to do this, to keep, to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, lest you turn aside from it to the right hand or to the left. Unless you go among these nations, these who remain among you shall not make mention of the name of their gods, nor cause anyone to swear by them. You shall not serve them, nor bow down to them, but you shall hold fast to the Lord your God as you have done to this day. Beautiful. How do you go forward? How do you keep fighting? Well, first of all, that you know you keep and do the word of God. It's very clear, and that was in chapter 1, 2, that we're to meditate and do God's word, what God was telling Joshua to do. And here at the end of the book, at the end of his life, he's looking back and saying, continue. God's word, God's truth, God's commandments have not let me down. Be courageous to keep them, to do what is written in the book. And I think what a great exhortation for us today. I don't think I can look back at a time in my life as difficult as it might have been to say that God's word and my desire to do it or doing it in the long run has hurt me. But it has always been a blessing. Sometimes in the moment, I don't like God's word. For instance, God might ask me to forgive and I don't want to forgive and I don't see why. But as I do that and God helps me in the long run, I see how it sets me free. And there's many, many examples like that. It's interesting in Revelation or even the Old Testament major prophets would say God's word is almost sweet and bitter at the same time. And the idea is sometimes it's difficult but yet it's going to produce healing and fruit and be really good for us. I heard a, a pastor this week said he really loves food and don't we all love food? But sometimes singularly in a dish, if there's an ingredient, we might not like it. But all together, the pastor was saying, we love what is presented, even though within it, some of the things we might not like because it's a sharp ingredient. But together, when you see it in the whole picture, it's really good. And th that's exactly what God's word is for us. There's sometimes in the moment where we don't like it, it's difficult. We find it bitter to the taste. But as we obey, we see how beautiful, how healing, how good it is. It God's word never comes back void. God promises to protect and to love us. There's so much truth in it. But what we're told not to do is to pick what we like and throw away what we don't. And unfortunately, that's a lot of the world today where they think sin is acceptable in, in many ways. But we could take, and I don't need to give examples, but many, many ways where we can say, well, no, does God word, God's word say that? And we say, well, no, certainly it does. And we need to live in the fear of truth of a graceful God to say, no, I don't want that a part of my life. I don't want to do that. But it's so easy in our world and we see subconsciously, subconsciously even that we're saying, oh, we're justifying things that God's word says, no, that's not what we should do. And the reality is we don't, as it says, want to go left or go right, but we want to stay true to what God's word says, as the pressure 
is going to build in our society as we move farther and farther away from God's truth, there's going to be a pressure to move left. Does it really say? Like, I don't think that's true. Science tells me this. Or in terms of evolution or in terms of the whole argument with sexuality and all of these things. Well, science says this. Well, no, God's word is true. And I'm going to stake my life on it, even if I don't know why, but I'm going to have faith in what it says. And I believe it never, ever comes back void. That as Joshua says, be courageous to do what is written, to love when it's hard to love, to tell the truth when it's hard to tell the truth, to speak of the reality of what sin is and not going that direction. We're going to need courage, but as we have courage to do that, that God will bless that. His word is true. Amen. And there's an attack on that, but we need to hold tight whether we find it bitter. In the long run, it certainly is sweet and it will bless us. So Joshua, old in age, looking back, looking at the challenges, saying, let's praise God and let's have the courage to move forward to do what God's word says. And in relation to that, as he continues, as we've written, is we know there's an enemy and they were in the land of the enemy. And as they've defeated the enemy, we have to be very, very careful not to give the devil, our enemy, an inch by accepting some of the things that he says. And, and here Joshua says, don't take uh, mention of the name of other gods or don't swear by them or don't bow down to them. And he's going to talk about intermarriage in that time of Israel. And I think that's a wonderful principle for us too as we hear the wisdom of Joshua. Don't give the enemy of our soul, the devil, an inch, or he certainly will take a mile. The moment we start to say things are acceptable, that the world is telling us that are against the nature of God, we are heading down a road that we don't want to go. I heard a sermon a long, long time ago, actually, when I was a young man at camp, and the preacher was saying what happens is as committed Christians, often we compromise on little things. But as we compromise on those little things, at times it can lead us to complete confusion. And I've seen that in people's life. And there's sometimes in my life I've had to be very careful and listen to the conviction of the Holy Spirit to what I know is not true. And we know the thoughts of the world are at enmity, it says in God's word in the New Testament, against God's truth. And though it's there, we have to be so careful not to give inch to the lies that the devil is giving us. Not one inch, not giving ground. I've also seen in my pastoral ministry that people look back and say, I wish I wouldn't have. God's grace has been with them and held them. But the truth is God has given us a more excellent way that we not compromise, but in his power, walk with him. Like Psalm 1, where it makes it very clear, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, 
So we're not taking the advice of the world, which can be controlled by the evil one at times, if it's against God's word, because it will lead us to a place where I do not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the seat of the sinner, because pretty soon I will be sitting in the way of the mocker, but rather I meditate on the word of God day and night. That's my desire. And he will make me prosperous in that. And you have that, that journey from walking to standing to sitting of being comfortable in the ways of the world. That the little compromise and pretty soon we're confused or we're scorning the things. And we see that happen in Israel, by the way, as they go on and they don't value the things of the Lord in the book of Judges and they do what's right in their own eyes instead of what they know is right in the truth that was given to them. It certainly led them to confusion, to idolatry, and then to complete sin. And we don't want that in our lives. We don't want that in the church. So don't give the enemy an inch. And yes, we will fail. I have failed, but God's grace holds us. We step back in today. We make that covenant and that commitment to continue as Joshua is saying. Well, it's interesting in the story, he goes on to tell them to be careful to love the Lord their God. And how do we love the Lord our God? It says in 1 John, by obeying him, by knowing that he has first loved us and then we do what he wants to do. We only can love as much as we have received his love. So the reality of knowing his love will help us to do his word. And I would encourage you today to remember that nothing can separate you from the love of God, even in this exhortation to do what is true. Nothing as a believer can separate you from the love of God. And as you live in that, you're more than a conqueror to do what God says. Well, it's a great progression in chapter three, in 23 into chapter 24, because Joshua then in chapter 24, in this journey of his farewell address, and he's gathered these people, and then he gathers them again in chapter 24, and he actually lists all the things God has done and the blessings in their life. He goes back to Isaac and Jacob and Esau. He goes back to Egypt and how they were released and all the miracles that God did for them. And even at the end of their wilderness journey, as God was with them, protected and provided for them, how he destroyed some kings and Balak blessed them. And he goes back to these lessons and he says, well, God... You know what? God has done amazing things, like we said at the beginning. But I want to tell you, even physically, but as we praise God for our blessings, know that you have been given all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. It says in Ephesians 1, so as Joshua, because the Old Testament is a lot about physical blessings as you obey. And even says that in Joshua. But the New Testament is all about the spiritual blessings of of believing. And Ephesians 1, you've been given all these spiritual blessings. And today you have those if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. And so we could write, and Joshua's old, or I could put on a, a gray beard today or color my mustache gray and be like, listen, God has been good. And if you don't think he's been good, he's forgiven you. 
He has a destination for you in heaven. He's redeemed you. He's chosen you. All of these amazing spiritual blessings of Ephesians 1 and the run on the sentence there as you read Ephesians 1. And Paul is like, ba 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 bang All of these things that you have been given in Christ Jesus today. Think of that. You're loved. You're forgiven. You're redeemed. You're sealed for eternity. That God has given you all of these things. He's absolutely amazing. Put that in chapter 24. And then after going back and saying all of these blessings specifically, Joshua says in chapter 24, verse 14, serve the Lord because what he's done for you. The idea, walk in his word, it's true. Do what he said. Amen. Don't give the enemy an inch. Don't combine your holiness with evil. Don't do that. And then he gives them the challenge, who are you going to serve? And here comes that very famous verse, and maybe you have a plaque in your house, or you've seen them in someone else's house, but he says this, who are you going to serve? But as for today in verse 15 of chapter 24, me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Because God has done so much. Because God's character is good. His blessings are real. He's paid the price. His love is amazing. I'll never be separated from the love of Christ. Nothing pestilence, COVID, none of it can separate me from the love of God. From his forgiveness and his goodness. And my hope is in that my destination of heaven and eternity and I'm not separated and I'm blessed and he is good and I'm going to serve him today. My house, as for me and my house, who's responsible under my care, we're going to serve the Lord. We're not going to give an inch. We're going to keep loving and trusting and walking and not seeing sin as acceptable. We're going to believe God's word. We're going to walk in the spirit. We're going to trust his grace. We're going to know we're forgiven. We are going to serve the Lord. What about you? What about you today as you look back at God's blessing, his spiritual blessings in your life? Would you want to renew your covenant like even I am today? Know God as Joshua as we look back. But today, because of who you are and what you've done, we're going to say, as for me today and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to walk with you. We're not going to allow evil in. We're not going to compromise. We're going to do what you say by the power of your Holy Spirit for your glory. Today, can we say that together? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Praise God. May God honor our commitment. We know he'll bless us because he's a blessing God. We trust him. We believe in him. Amen. Well, Lord Jesus, help us. Help us. Help us in our households to serve you and you only. Lord, you convict us in areas of our life that we need to change, knowing that we're forgiven would you help us to do the right thing by the power of your Holy Spirit? May we make a commitment to your word again, to your truth. 
Yeah, Lord, we do love you. We praise you today. You're so good. We pray all of this in your precious name. Amen. Well, have a great week. Be blessed. It was so good to get in God's word today. Enjoy it this week as you read each day and learn from the Lord. Have a great week. Bye-bye.